Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, episode 163. And as promised, we have the lovely Andrea Michelle back. Thank you for coming back, Andrea. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I was looking forward to this. Yes, um, I know I got this I got this great email from Andrea and she was like, so I could feel the excitement just pouring through that computer screen. And she's like, oh, I got some stuff I got to talk to you about. And she's going to explain it to you. Uh, but uh, it's everything happening right now, obviously, we're as women, we are watching very closely this the Supreme Court document. Here we are in eclipse season, Taurus Scorpio, the um, reproductive rights, women, in general, um, the earth, I mean, it's all just coming up really, really loudly, but um, I, I wanna turn this microphone over to you and uh, go for it, Sh share what you got. And um, basically this is gonna be about, you know, how for sure, how we are to, we can support ourselves and what higher truths are, are calling to us during this time. And yes, we can be scared and look freaked out, but there are some very, very key points that Andre is gonna show us and I also have the chart of the USA and where this is occurring for us as, as Americans. So, um, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yes, this is a... Oh, wait, should I introduce you for the people who are new to the for channel? Sure. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on just a second. Okay, guys. So, um, yeah, so for those of you who are new to the channel, uh, I to reintroduce Andrea, because I love all of your credentials. They're so wonderful. Um, so Andrea, um, this is a little bit about her. It was 10 years ago this year. In 2012, um, Venus had a visible passing between Earth and Sun, and that ignited Andrea's what she calls soul circuitry. Um, and it, it awakened her passion for remembering ourselves by through marrying sky and earth in our bodies. So I'm just telling you, as I'm saying this, I'm getting chills. You know, it's just so tuned in. Um, her greatest joy is collaborative, collaboratively initiating her clients into their mysteries through a deeper alchemy of self and soul. She made her professional teaching debut at the second Sky Astrology Conference in 2018 and was most recently a lunar guide for Astrology Hubs Inner Circle in 2022. Andrea is devoted to the wisdom medicine of our human vulnerability as a gateway into the freedom, truth, love, power, and compassion of our deep heart. So that is why we have her back on today at this most intense choice point, we will say, for for ourselves and uh, the divine feminine. So mm -hmm. welcome back. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yes, choice point. That seems to be the, the recurring theme, right? Over and over again. Lest we go back to sleep and think, oh, I'm done. It's like we have more choice, more choice. There's always more. And that's something that I actually want to share about what this eclipse, this last solar eclipse, what I learned, I was in a deep a workshop over the weekend with the people that I do my, you could say my spiritual work with. And I got to discover the places where I still am carrying a story around. So where I have not wanted to go and where I've been still bypassing in my own spiritual work, where I have been lazy, where I haven't wanted to really address the places 
where I'm still clinging to what I know. And so fortunately through the agency of choosing love as the portal through which I got to see and feel and um, experience this, it wasn't easy, but it was so, I'm so grateful for the experience because again, if I am and I am in pursuit of the truth, in pursuit of more honesty around how I'm living, which in turn, that's the only way I can engender change or offer my gifts most, um, most honestly, most integrously, then it was an amazing experience, but it wasn't easy. And so eclipses often aren't, right? Right. But I wanted to um, read a little bit about just what I sent out to my subscribers around just like a pith, a uh, few sentences around what the opportunity I see around this portal is, unless you want to read it early on oh, to you. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me uh, pull that uh, piece up just a second. Okay, so this is um, what I'm calling it, Andrea's synopsis for the next two weeks. So this is, this is your medicine, everybody, all right? You're ready for the R RX, right? Like the little pharmaceutical RX. <laughs> um, these next two weeks are a potent time to intentionally surrender into our feminine stability, deeply resourced in our human bodies, to do this, we must be willing to let go of where we're holding on to stories that keep us victimized and that are out of coherence with our becoming. This creates the hummus. I'm getting hungry. I'm going. It is hummus. Sorry. It is hummus. Okay. Same spelling as hummus. Exactly. It's Venus, you know, Taurus season, food on the brain. This creates mm -hmm. hummus and ground for re empowering and ultimately sustaining our masculine agency, sourced from a renewed commitment to the protection of all life, capital A L L L I F E, all life. No matter what the current relationship we have with our bodies, giving thanks and appreciation for it and the blessings we have and are yet to come opens a portal for the pulse of genuine gratitude to weave its unique thread of love through our circuits. <sighs> That's wild. It's a Where tall order, yes. <laughs> You're an amazing writer, how you can articulate this. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I um, Well, I wrote this and then I went into that workshop and then I got to see how much of it I actually am willing to live right now. So this is the, this is the thing. I, just, I get to decide, not from my head, how, how much am I committed to in my, in my thoughts? And wow, that sounds really, really good, but actually experience how much of it I'm available for or not living it yeah right and definitely not 100 percent. maybe 33 <laughs> yeah. 30 in aspiration and if i'm living 33 if i'm living 100 percent of 33 then i'm good right so thank you for reading that it sounded so good coming from you i appreciate that oh well uh, yeah no no problem i i'm like oh i want to write like her this is amazing you are inspiring me oh thank you um, so one of the things I wanted to really <clears throat> speak to, if you want to bring up the chart, Ileana, I'd love to sure. see that. 
Yeah. If you can do the one without the USA, just the, 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 the transit chart for the, the lunar eclipse. Sure. Transit chart for the lunar eclipse. Okay. So let me just give me a moment here. And uh, so I want to speak to our, your viewers about Neptune and Mars, especially. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much we can, we're going to go into a lot of it, but here we Neptune go. Mars. Yeah. <clears throat> So, so down at the bottom of the chart. Yeah. This is the chart for, I pulled this for Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but this okay. is the lunar eclipse. It's right after midnight Eastern time on, on a, a week from this Monday. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, weird. It's so funny. For some reason, I have Sagittarius rising for D.C. Oh, I see. Oh. Because, oh, I'm doing it. No. I am. I'm using whole sign houses. Me too. Weird. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. So um, it doesn't really matter because we're speaking in general terms. So the houses are less important than right. the signs, right? Right. Because um, this is for everybody. Right. So Neptune and Mars, they're at the bottom of the chart. There is a star called uh, Markab, which is in between. Markab is at 23 degrees of Pisces right now. And it is in the constellation or the asterism of the great winged horse Pegasus. And it's one of the stars of what's called the great square of Pegasus. And I'm gonna read a little bit about what that star means. The great square holds the mystery or knowledge about the metamorphosis of the physical body into a body of light or Merkaba. These stars impel us to ascend from our primordial past into our destined evolutionary fulfillment to become more through our human experience. Markab brings to the forefront all that is of issue regarding the physical body at the genetic and cellular level and the importance of ensuring its health and refinement and to fully embrace the physical aspect of our lives. How perfect with Taurus North Node, right? Right. So Mars, let's speak a little bit about Mars and Neptune here. So if I might, Ileana, this would be where I'd like to share the sky view sure. of Mars and Neptune. Great. Yeah. Now you should be able to. Great. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your patience. Okay. So this is a snapshot of the actual sky of this um, these planets within the great framework of the chart that Eriana was showing. So here we have Venus, right? But there's Neptune and Mars here. So most of the time, and this green line, by the way, is the ecliptic, which is the path of the sun. This red line is the celestial equator, which is the Earth's equator projected into space. And right here where they cross, it's hard to see, where the green and red lines cross is the Aries point. That is the, um, the equinox, it's the spring equinox in the Northern hemisphere, the fall equinox in the Southern hemisphere, okay? So these planets plus Saturn and Jupiter, which are not visible here, are all be beneath the ecliptic. Why is that important? Because- Symbolic. It's very symbolic. And this is where really looking at the sky and taking into consideration the actual sky when we're delineating offers so much more richness and nuance and perspective that we might not, we can't really see just on the chart alone. 
So the Southern Hemisphere is basically where we have the status quo. It is standing our ground, resting on our laurels. It can be intractability, right? Mm-hmm. A willing, an, an unwillingness to change. Now, in a positive manifestation, it can be standing our ground in a good way, finding our stability, testing our mettle, finding where we are still a little bit off, and then f- refocusing our efforts to um, re-engaging to, to come back to center. But all these planets beneath the ecliptic at this um, eclipse time can be literally where we're, ha- we're, it's a hard battle to get out of where we've been, to not repeat the patterns of the past, both collectively and individually. Would, moon, would you consider, could, can I ask you something? Would you mind, I'm sorry to interrupt. Would you consider that also like complacency? Yes, very good. Yep, laziness. You got it, complacency. Where I refuse to change, the south node, the nodes are in fixed signs, right? But the south node is Scorpio. Scorpio is the sign most associated with our evolutionary process in the evolutionary model of astrology. But it can also be when we're not available for that, where we refuse to change, where we are dead fast against not changing. Exactly, and that's the shadow, right? So considering that we have the south node in Scorpio, this can be, nope, I'm not budging. Right now, I just want to bring in that the moon at the ecliptic, uh, at the eclipse, which by necessity is on the ecliptic because that's what creates an eclipse, is moving from north to south latitude. So she's coming from north latitude, she's on the ecliptic and moving into south latitude. So, this is an opportunity for whatever learnings we've had with the moon before now, in the, in the, in the recent week or so to bring that energy of getting out of the status quo, which the Northern latitudes promise or anticipate or offer an opportunity for is breaking free of the status quo, bringing that into the, into the mix. She's right on the ecliptic. So there's the opportunity, the promise, the, the window, the portal, you could say of the eclipse to bring in this potential to break free from, to break through especially since the moon will be in Scorpio, that energy of busting through where we've refused to look at where we haven't wanted to change, right? We've been afraid to. And afraid to, of course, yes, you got it, naturally. But here we have Mars and Neptune. And one of the things I wanted to really, really point out here is that as I was speaking to Ileana around, oftentimes when we're looking on the chart at what's called a conjunction, The planets are nowhere near each other by latitude. They're only conjunct by longitude. Longitude is these little tick marks here. They're going east to west along the ecliptic. Latitude is north and south of the ecliptic. So it's very, it's much more rare to have planets that are conjunct on the chart by both longitude and latitude. Latitude, yeah, that is rare. Yes, and that's what's called an occultation. And that is where the alchemy of those two planets is that much more intense. So this is a very volatile, because we've got Mars here, a very volatile pairing in this chart. 
I think of it in terms of a visual analogy for people. If, if you think of like a, a merry-go-round, this is how I explain like, you know, when you just talked about occultation, if you imagine a merry-go-round with it, some horses just stay, uh, they just, they go around and around, but some horses are the ones that go up and down. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, and, yes. and so normally, you know, these planets are up and down, uh, we'll just say an imaginary, you know, flat line, midpoint line. But in this case, it's like, if you could imagine all those horse, these horses, Venus, Neptune, Mars, right? They're all lined up. They're all of them, all coming up and down. They all meet each other. Yes. In that one place. It's exactly. like, whoa. And you don't see, Jup I'm sorry, yeah, Jupiter and Saturn here, but they're all relatively close within a degree or so of this. So they're all pretty much at very similar latitudes. So again, it's kind of like everything is like, coalescing yes so and they're all like that's like speaking with a megaphone you know <laughs> it's like, yes that's loud exactly and you don't see that on a on a on a natal chart like you said you have to take it into the third it's a it's another dimension yeah and that's what i love about sky astrology and using phases and looking at it this way because it really really just adds a whole other flavor right deeper dimension yeah so I want to speak a little bit to what Mars and Neptune here can be. So it can be religious fervor, like, or a fervor that is religious in nature, like zealotry, like you were speaking about before we got on, like this, this insistence of being right, or I've got God behind me or whatever it is, or I've got truth, Neptune behind me, whatever it is that I'm passionate about. But I really want to speak to what was coming to me around this uh, collaboration, you could say, this uh, merging is what is the hill you're willing to die on, right? And is it really what we think it is? Or is it just what our emotional passions are dictating? Is it just this unconscious, instinctual Mars, emotional Neptune? just like fervor that we are actually um, being moved by unconsciously, or are we willing to make conscious to bust through that um, automatic response to something and really, really tune into and become more conscious of what it is we're fighting for? Because if we're putting our life force, our energy behind something, are we willing to die for? Are we willing to sacrifice and get uncomfortable for it? And this is where I wanted to read this beautiful Charles Eisenstein quote that I uh, found. Would you so, like to put that up there or? Oh, I don't. Um, you can read it, it's fine. Maybe, yeah, I'll read it. Maybe we can add it at the bottom of the, for, the, for folks to see afterwards on the, mm -hmm. the notes. Okay. So, and I also wanna make a point here that fighting something fighting something outside the system or whatever is not the same thing as taking action on behalf of something. So voicing our opinions very strongly oftentimes takes the place of actually choosing to make something different. Fighting against is giving away our power, making a new choice, standing in our center, our truth, going through the process of discovering what that is vulnerably, Venus and Chiron, which we'll get to, 
that's where we become empowered in our choice. And that's where we can make the choice to really, really come into more alignment with who we are and what hill we're actually willing to die on. So this Charles Eisenstein quote, am I serious enough about my vision for the world to risk my security for it? That is not a challenge meant to goad myself into action. It is simply true. Through my choice, I will know myself as I am. I will become as I choose. The rehearsal is over. Bravery means doing what is yours to do when it is time to do it. Denying that knowing locks your heart in a box. Life becomes a chore. Despair descends like a fog turning everything gray. Hope withers, leaving behind the dry, empty husk called wishful thinking. So wow. do, we want, do we want to die for wishful thinking or a belief system that we feel passionate about, but it might just be from habit or because we're caught up in the collective fervor of it and we're not even aware that we are? How much are we willing to cut through the fog, Mars, Neptune, or where we've been just kind of following the latest thing or this cause feels good and it's, it's the right thing to do because everybody else is, yeah, it's right. But is it really right in our hearts? Is it really where we want to expend our energy? Is it really what is most important to us? Are we being caught up in this collective fervor and being taken outside of ourselves? Or are we willing to use this energy to be more honest, to be more, wow, I didn't know that I wasn't willing to go here before. But because I am, I am devoted to more of my truth so that I can be more in service to actualizing my being, my Merkaba, my body, bringing my body into things, not just my heads and my beliefs. What is my body telling me? Then I know I'm in alignment with myself, in my heart, in my truth, and therefore I cannot help but be in alignment with the collective. Mm. It's true for all of us. That is I love that. And you know what I, I also think about when you mentioned, you know, uh, I've never uh, studied Markov, the fixed star Markov, but the fact is like, I just discovered today, right? You know, right before we got on the call was like Merkaba, Merkaba, like the fixed star Merkab is part of the term Merkaba. So yeah. people who may not be familiar with that term Merkaba, it's like the, you could say it's the multidimensional light body. Yes. It's what they, um, in the, the, my dear little Keys of Enoch book, um, they, you know, that it's, it's all about the light body and everything in the Keys of Enoch, if you've never read it, it's an incredible, mystically encoded, highly mystically encoded book, understatement. Um, and that book, um, Academy for Future Science, if you're interested in, you know, go to their website. Um, but the, um, it is really all about what you're just sharing here with us today, Andrea, this, this, this choice point, And it's like, when you talk too about this Venus, Neptune, Mars, and in Pisces, and and you know this this Piscean and Merkab, Markab, you know, is part of the the play. I what also comes to mind is like what um, where have we not been aware of our our body is more than our physical. Mars and Neptune can be, you know, you think you know what your body is you 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 underestimate it <laughs> you know yeah. we have this multi-dimensional body so when something when we step into alignment with who we are and that greater sense of 
physicality, the material realm and the multidimensional energy body, then the whole world, every, all our experience on earth, change, everything changes. It's, yeah. it's a higher evolutionary point. So I don't know. That's just what's coming to me. I love it. And there's, it's beautiful. And there's work to be done. That's the thing that it's not just going to be handed to us. It's not going to come through. When things come through, in my experience, downloads and information are so yummy and so fun. And if we're not willing to put the work in to actualize the downloads, then they're just, they stay in the ether and they don't. Right. They so, by like a beautiful yes. cloud. Right. And, and, and what is the Merkaba? The Merkaba is like the star of David in a sense. It's the tetrahedron, but it's, well, I'm, I'm not. Let's find a picture. Here, yeah. let me, let me go grab. Hold on just a second, everyone. Okay. I got it. I got this great Merkaba body of light. So for those of you not familiar, voila. This is what Andrea is talking about. Yeah. Multidimensional. We are not just a physical body. You know, I know you, if you're a NASA scientist, you may be flipping out right now, but just let it in, you know, play with these ideas. Mercury is going retrograde in its home sign of Gemini. I know that's foreign language to you scientists. However, this is an opportunity for us to say, you know what? I might be able to open my mind a little and see things in a different place. In a different way. There you go. I love it. And so yeah. this is so this is the Markaba that's that's referenced in this Markab. <laughs> uh, and the Keys of Enoch, which is this amazing. All uh, right, the Keys of Enoch. The Book of Knowledge, the Keys of Enoch. Yes. So and that's what's referenced. So go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's what's referenced. And it is ultimately the merging of the masculine and feminine. If you look at the different triangles, the, the triangle that goes upward is, the, is indicative of the masculine principle. And again, this is nothing to do with male or female. This is the masculine and feminine principle that animates all of life. It's gender, it's not gender related at all, right? So right. the upward mm -hmm. arrow, I'm sorry, the upward triangle is the masculine, the downward is the feminine. So it's when we merge our masculine and feminine bodies or, uh, we merge our masculine and feminine, then we get our light body, our makaba. And if we can remember the what I was sharing around, okay, there was, um, it's hard to say, but in what I, if you want to go back to where I, not you don't have to, but if people want to go back in the video to look at the screen share where I was showing the sky, Neptune and Markab were between Mars and Venus. So, Neptune, where are we still believing that we are separate? Where right. are we still believing that we are masculine or our inner masculine and feminine can't come together and work together? That's also Venus and Chiron in the chart. Venus is an Aries. That's a very uh, Martian, very masculine expression for Venus, but it's still Venus. So it's the masculine expressed through the feminine. And with Chiron there, again, it indicates this wounding of the feminine not having agency, it's one way of looking at it, or believing we don't have agency, but it also can be Chiron, the potential of Chiron there, or Chiron is also where we believe that the masculine and feminine can't work together, or they have to remain separate, like the Neptunian fog, but it can also be, what is the key to opening up the passage between the masculine and feminine? Chiron, 
Right. It's Chiron. The healer. Our human vulnerability. You got it. And the vulnerability doesn't mean weak. Vulnerability means I am available for knowing more about me that I wasn't available to know about before, even if it's going to hurt, even if I have to, ooh, it's not going to be comfortable. Again, remember what Charles Eisenstein said, what am I willing to risk, even if it means risking my security, Taurus, even if it means risking my safety, my known my comfort zone. <laughs> my comfort zone, which is all those planets at the bottom of the, of the beneath the ecliptic. Of the and, the ecliptic. and you brought in Mercury again. Thank you. Because yes, Mercury is the only planet of the major planets that is actually above the ecliptic at this eclipse. And he's retrograde in his own sign. So sign. A, this is a very powerful Mercury, right? So it's literally an opportunity to rewrite the story, to rewrite the status quo into what we can potentiate here and now, making connections where there hadn't been connections before, Mercury. Left brain, right brain, how can they work together? Left hemisphere, right hemisphere, how can we work together in the physical body? Literally, how do we take care of, you know, and the Merkaba and the light body, they're beyond our physical body, but they include the physical body. So where have we been ignoring the physical body? We're not paying attention to it because we feel like, you know, we need to, to leave the physical body, but the physical manifestation, the feminine is, right? The re receiving and form and nourishment and stability and sustenance and the resourcing within our bodies to not get ahead of ourselves, to look, you know, oh, wow all the things that are possible, but then we're leaving our bodies. We're leaving what's here, what's now, what's tangible. What can we work with that's here, that's now? And you know, wherever, for those of you who are following astrology, astrolites or whatever, wherever you have this moon at this uh, eclipse in your chart, wherever Scorpio falls and the moon falls and the South Node, these, this is an opportunity to find out where am I really holding on unconsciously? Am I willing to go into these places? And oftentimes what I have found, it might not be true for everybody, but true deep shadow work is very difficult to do on our own because yeah. it's shadow for a reason. And unless we're really available to go there, we're gonna, we can tell ourselves that I'm going there. Neptunian fog. Oh yeah, I'm taking action. I know exactly, but I'm looking through the veil of what, I'm really only safe to look for now, unless I am held, unless there's someone who's a little bit further along, who's done their work in that place, who can hold us and keep us to task lovingly about, you know, where we might still be BSing ourselves or not really being true or bypassing. And the more we do this work, it is so powerful. It's just like, mm. right? And this time, this potent time, not just the eclipses, but literally the times in which we live any genuine effort toward change, toward genuine honesty around ourselves and where we've been kidding ourselves, not just about making it about the outer world. It's like, where am I still deceiving myself? Yeah. We can do it with love, tenderness, Venus, Chiron. Oh, right. Then that's, that's the road to re-empowering. That's when our higher self, our deeper self, the universe comes in to support us. And again, it might not always feel good, but at first.
and and I think too about the faith element of Pisces. It's like to have faith and be confident, knowing that we we can pull this off. Very good. Yes. Yeah. yeah and Jupiter Don't on the ever, point. Right. Right. Oh, Renewed okay. faith, initiating a new way of of faith. faith yes, you got it. Not through beliefs, but through agency. Agency. That's right. the, the zero. No, you know. Yes. That's what's so beautiful. Oh my God, I hadn't thought about it before. Neptune, Mars. The, the, the modern ruler of Pisces with Mars. And then we have Jupiter, the traditional ruler of Pisces on the Aries point, which is ruled by Mars, Aries. Coming together, bring it. Remember I was talking last time about transducing, right? Yes. Bringing it down, bringing it into our bodies. We don't want to go up and out, but we can. And that for those of us who do, that's great. But the feminine is down and in. That's the challenge. That's what's new. The feminine path of agency I don't know that we've experienced that really what that looks like to be have agency and use the feminine as the way to get there yes I exactly the beginning you want to know something can i just say please. as you said this this peal of thunder outside of my window oh. like it was like underscoring what you're saying oh i, I love just it always love to include you know oh, the environment yeah. and yeah it's like the, we we get, or spoken to in so many ways but Oh, Go ahead. How, Taurian, how beautifully Taurian. Of yeah. you. I love that. But it's, you know, it's, it's the um, resourcing in our human bodies that we have everything we need sourced in our human bodies. And where if we wanted to make that not enough, make just being plain, simple, what we have now, not enough. So that's where, again, the, the beauty of renewing our faith in our agency in making the choice, even if it feels really uncomfortable, even if we don't know what we're doing initially, but our heart is saying, this is what I want. And it's not just because everybody else is doing it. And it might be going against the grain, Aries. I'm, I'm initiating, right. coming out of Pisces, of the veil of the of fog, the collective into the, and one of the things that this, this. And I'm ready to embody it you know yeah or what extent am i ready to embody it but at least i'm making strides right exactly and another thing that this this whole um mars neptune thing speaks to me around is differentiated unity that where mm -hmm. do we have this notion of oneness like that we can't have agency or we cannot be you know it, we i think in spirituality especially in new age spirituality there is a really a false dichotomy of oneness where we don't recognize that we're still keeping oneness in a dualistic paradigm. It's like oneness somehow excludes the individual, but no, that's no, how, that's how God, goddess life knows itself through the individual. Individuated. Yeah. You know what I always think of when you, when you talk about this is um, like, if you ever watch a, um, you know, any sci-fi movie, you know, Star Trek, we'll just pick Star Trek. Um, you know, the team of people, if you ever noted of the Orville, I love the Orville, you know, it's so, it's so funny and great, but everyone is so, they are all together on that same mission. And mm -hmm. yet each one of them is completely individuated. You know, you've so got, it, it's, yeah. they're so well-defined. They don't have clones on, on these ships. There are no clones. I Everybody has to be in either. You never see two of the same. So there's, there's the visual of that. 
I love that, the, the Klingons and the, well, the Klingons and the Romulans, maybe not so much, but at some point, sometimes you have that, but all these different start, like people from different races, right? Or yeah, whatever. like Spock was a Vulcan and this one's, you know, they're, yeah, they're just that's all over. I love it. And that's, to me, when we really start to rewire and recondition ourselves or rewrite the story of what of what differentiated unity is, that's the good thing to, to meditate on, I feel, also between now and the next eclipse. That sets mm -hmm. us up for really living an Aquarian age. Whether or not we're actually in the Aquarius age, Aquarian age or not, it doesn't matter. As we spoke before, it's like we can live the future into now, but it's a matter of living it, not just believing it or wanting it to be so. How much are we actually living what we want? And what is Aquarius is differentiated unity. It is literally, I'm my uniqueness meets your uniqueness. We might not have the same uh, uniquenesses, but we value uniqueness. Yeah. Aquarius, 11th house, Uranus. And it's, I would say even a step further, it's not only do we, we um, value it, it's like it, you can't do it without it. You got it. That's creativity. What I have and what you have coming together, making the third thing, you got it. Yeah, we can't, you can't look like me or be like, you have to be you and celebrate that. And, and, you know, the shadow of that was like in the Holocaust, you know, let's eliminate this, the Jewish people, like, because they're not like us, you know, and it's like, that that's, you know, let's all be uniform, but it, it's a screwed up way of, that's unity taking it in, in the very dark direction, you know, um, yeah. genocide, you know, we'll just get rid of all these people. And it's like, no, no, that's the, the, the dissolution, the Neptunian wow. you know, dissolution of, well, we're unfortunately seeing that attempting, you know, and trying to get, you know, Russia trying to do that and, you know, causing so much suffering and such, but um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that, but the, the higher side is this, incredibly where every part is embraced and we rely on each other to be individuals we need that differentiation and i you know think of like the usa chart is you know the moon of the usa chart is 27 degrees of aquarius so our population of course on the 3d level yeah the melting pot you know the immigrants ellis island and yeah it speaks to that but it also speaks to there is unity and diversity so, yeah. and Saturn's coming up on that point. Does this is, you know, maybe I should just jump over it if you want to like take yes. a look at that. Uh, and I'm so glad you mentioned that about, that can be the Neptunian fog. Like the, the, the fervor of Mars with the, the bullhorn of, you have to get in line. You're not playing along with everybody else, Neptune, Pisces. You're not playing, you know, you're, you're anti so-and-so or, you know, yeah, there's this complete type of um, attempt to break down with surveillance too. And the information that institutions and governments wanna know more and more, you know, breaching of privacy, breaching of um, mm -hmm. individual rights and freedoms to, you know, whatever it might be. So thank you for bringing that part in too. Yeah, here we've got the, um... Here it is for the lunar eclipse. You've got Vesta at 27 degrees right on that moon and the USA moon. And Vesta, can, can you just share with us, Andrea, about Vesta and like people mm -hmm. who may not be familiar with, with what is Vesta and you know what does it represent? 
Beautiful. So yeah, Irliana pulled up the, the bi-wheel that has the eclipse, the lunar eclipse on May 15th with the USA chart, natal chart. And um, Vesta, which transiting Vesta, which is at 27 degrees, which will be at the eclipse at 27 degrees of Aquarius, just mm -hmm. three degrees from where Saturn is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Vesta is... Um, where we focus our what we believe to be sacred our energies where we are in our in our natal charts for example it can be where we dedicate and devote our life force to what is sacred to us so same with the, with the transit it can be literally where and it's she can be a modern ruler of virgo too so it's about purifying but oftentimes in the past especially with you know the patriarchy and um, certain religions that were the separation of the body with <laughs> spirituality came into play. Purification meant literally purifying ourselves of our sexual impulses, our lower, what was considered our lower impulses, right? And yet she's also, ultimately, it's about purifying ourselves through the Shakti energy, through the erotic energy, and it doesn't show on your chart, but in it, the uh, asteroid Eros is with the sun. Asteroid Eros was with the sun and the moon at the solar eclipse and will still continue to be with this lunar eclipse. So we have the asteroid Eros, which, what is Eros? The erotic that runs through life, that can, it is inseparable for the fabric of life and the body. Is right. of not to deny the body to not de to deny not. it and that's exactly what an algal is on the sun too the fixed star algal which is medusa the head of medusa so all this coming up now with the roe v wade thing and the chiron in uh in aries with with venus the feminine here it is right here with algal junction it's, it's literally like we are being revisited with where we've cut out the feminine feminine agency right how do, what is feminine agency feminine agency is the ability to remain in charge of what is i cannot control it's first of all being willing to surrender to what i cannot control and then discovering my stability within that we have to lose ourselves first in order to regain authentic stability authentic stability isn't <clears throat> fixing it isn't intensifying, which can be a Scorpio thing, and that can be a be misidentified as stability. And I know this in myself. Believe me, I've, I've. This is part of my own practice. So, really being willing to surrender, which is also a Scorpio thing, to what we don't know, Neptune, Pisces, yeah. and not just giving up, because that's hopelessness. That's hope loss. That's just like. Oh, that's losing agency. It's returning to our agency through surrendering more into, wow, I, I just can't, I don't know that I can, this is where I'm bumping up against what I can know. This is what I'm bumping up against what I can do that my head tells me I want to be able to do. But honestly, this is all I can do. And if this is all I can do, and I'm just engaging with what I know I can do, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Better to be engaged more honestly than to keep fighting or, or speaking or arguing or fighting something, but not actually choosing anything.
Mm. That's I a, hope this makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, go ahead. What yeah, was you know, I was just thinking when, as you were saying this, um, with the, the, the whole mythology of Algol, like the um, Algol is the, this, you know, is Perseus slayed the Gorgon Medusa and you see these, you know, Greek uh, classical statues and, you know, of this, this head of snakes, right? There's all these snakes. And so Perseus slays the Gorgon Medusa. And so, you know, you, when you think about it too, I mean, that's so like anti-women, you know, they, there's so much of mythology that is about rape or killing and, you know, and, and, and especially with, you know, with the goddess and, and you see how that, you know, how that plays out. And, 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 and now we're getting to rewrite that. And like you were saying, step into your own agency. But when I read up about um, Algol and it was, you know, this, this, um, you know, the, he slayed um, this, this woman who was out, um, who was, it, who was playing, um, oh God, was Aphrodite ordered him to kill, um, kill this maiden because she was out having sex on, on the uh, temple grounds and having a blast and enjoying her body and her sensuality. But, oh no, that was, that's just, you know, too scary. And that there's an out of controlness. There's an agency there that was literally cut off. So I just find that fascinating that this yeah. is all happening at the same time that we're getting this, you know, a Roe Wade getting revisited and threatened so much and, yeah. Wow, it's just mind blowing. You see, to see the astrological correspondences of this, and that the fact that we can see through these, and what is that? I love how you elucidate these things, Andrea. It's so valuable um, because we we don't want to get caught up in the fear. No, We're, you know that this is the this lunar eclipse. You know, conjunct that south node is this this is falling away of fear around women's bodies and sexuality. The the falling away of that. So, you know, yes. yeah, and to go into that unknown. And is, that's what that's exactly it. Thank you so much. I love how you you fill this in so beautifully. Algol is literally our frozen life force. It's 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 fear not to get into the whole thing, but Pallas Athena, for whom Medusa was a priestess, basically betrayed Medusa, turned, she was raped by Poseidon. That's right. Yeah. And Pallas punished Medusa. I see that as, you know, Pallas and Medusa are part of the same coin. Pallas was kind of more of like a, a man's woman and she was afraid of her own sexual initiation. So interestingly, the snakes, that were Medusa's hair, that she turned into Medusa's beautiful hair. Snakes are often associated with Kundalini energy and feminine life force and are mm -hmm. on the ground. Literally, what Pallas did in that, in that place was brought the life force energy, the feminine life force energy, and stuck it in our heads. Mm. So that's where we're frozen in fear. And we don't have agency because the life force that's supposed to animate our bodies gets stuck in the mind. Mm. It's stuck in up here. Nice. And, and when we start to bring it back down where it belongs, we start to, and this is a gentle process. This is really, we are so, most of us are very, very unfamiliar with what it really is to have a relationship with that type of life force and that type of agency. So what happens is when these situations happen, like Roe v. Wade or the Russia-Ukraine thing, it's so tempting to go 
to make it about what's happening outside of ourselves and not bring it back into our bodies, to bring it back where, okay, this is happening. This is the opportunity here. Where in my own way, in my own life, just perfect for me, not based on what other people are doing and comparing myself, where am I available to be more honest around where I haven't embraced my life force, where I've been, my, where my life force has been used to like go up and out and to think about things that are fun and all that, but where has that been draining my actual, what animates my being, what can potentiate this activation of the Merkava, which requires the feminine as much as the masculine. And the feminine, again, is, includes the body, the tissues, the sinews, the bones, the, the womb, the mm. for men, just the hara, everything, all of our centers and the sexual centers, especially are very scary, Scorpio. Right. Us. And that's what contains most of the shadow. Scorpio is, deals with elimination and you know, all the things that we don't, we think we're eliminating, but we're not actually eliminating. Yeah, and you know, it also comes to mind, thank you, that was so beautifully said. Um, what also comes to mind is, you know, here it is in, um, you know, you could, you could be an art history student, for example, and study these, um, this, you know, the, the, the image of that, you know, the severed head and, and, and you first, you see that in, in the conditioned culture that we've grown up in, we see that head as, oh, you know, this, this is an evil, how many times do you hear the evil woman, the spurned woman or this, and he, she, oh, he, he took care of her, he cut her head off and she's ugly and, you know, like sex and the underlying notion of sex and sexuality and free agency for women and women's bodies is completely you know, oh, we have to sever that, you know, we yeah. can't, that's, uh, that's, this is a scary thing. And we're going to take this monster out. I mean, that, right. that you, you see the layers of this conditioning. It's like, oh my God. So yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, lunar eclipse, you know, bring it on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, we're, yeah. we're done with that narrative. Yeah. And this is also for men too, to, to inhabit and embody more of their feminine, right? If we can make it also about just yes. the femininity and the masculine and feminine principles of receiving yes and again men have bodies men have sensual natures sensual natures you know it's like they they're not maybe as wired uh as much as women although there there are more masculine balanced women and there are more feminine balanced men there's a whole spectrum but we all have those two impulses and it's the marriage of the two the balance in whatever degree is our unique wiring for that yeah you know too it, it i just noticed um as you're seeing this oh my goodness the natal chart of the usa has algal at 23 oh wow oh my god that's crazy and the north node um is it was just is well still conjunct you know it just yeah. passed it but there it is like this is a big gang up of energy here i mean this mm. is just whoa exactly well algal because it's a star it only moves one degree every 72 years right procession so that would make sense that it's very close to where algal is now algal currently is at 26 26 26 right so the um it is conjunct the eclipse as it is now and there's that south node on the natal placement of Algol in 1776. Yes. Yeah, and then Vesta's right there too, you know, four degrees away. So I yeah. think this was part of our, 
if you want to say in, in, in terms of, at least in America, this, this, this is a part of this correction that's taking place. And you think about all the, you know, growing up in the United States, the Puritans and the pilgrims and that whole denial and, uh, of, you know, sexuality. I remember, you know, those pictures of the pilgrims, they only wore black with white collars and those, those damn buckle yep. shoes. I always hated those shoes. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it was so rigid. And it was so much about denial and, oh, our purit, you know, the Europeans like laugh at us, like, oh my God, you people, you know, you can't take your clothes off and go swimming at the beach. Oh no, you know, we'd be arrested for showing our bodies. You know, it's like, it's oh. insane. It's crazy, but we're, it, this is definitely a, a massive rewriting of conditioning and the Roe Wade is just one ocean peak. You know, like when I think of peaks of the of ocean, uh, the waves of an ocean and these crests and, you know, that, that is certainly a very important place of where it's showing up, but it, it's definitely a, a larger conversation, like you were saying, with mm -hmm. involving men too, you know, and that vulnerability. It's like, whew. Yep. Eclipses, we're ready for you, you know, ready or no, well, anywhere we're not, the eclipse is like, I don't care if you're ready, we're, we're going we're gonna to show you this. Yeah. And um, the best thing to do is to just be in faith, just trust. You don't have to have it all figured out. You know, that's mind of trying to dissect things. And yeah, it's like, just, just let it go and let it move through us. So it, it, it can embody us. Yeah, and, and whatever work we can do between now and then, and that work sounds so, but whatever we can do to start to, to even more gently surrender, to be available then we're working, we're consciously directing and turning toward the energies, no matter how they might still be uncomfortable, how much are we willing to be uncomfortable to get back to more of who we are, to get more, back more to our genuine center, or more of our real truth, more of our, our true agency. Yeah, beautiful. In our, in our sixth Ooh, house, in our, our everyday yeah. life. Apologies, I actually have to go. I am. Oh, 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 goodness. Wow. Over, so I'm wow. Sorry. Amazing. <laughs> Didn't realize. Sorry. I, I forgot. know. We're having so much fun. I apologize. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for that. That was really, really awesome. And give us your website if people want to oh, contact you. Precioushumanbirth.com. Excellent. My, my website. Oh, it's so much fun to do this with you. Thank you so much. And yeah, um, we'll keep doing it. I love yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you all for listening. And um, so we, we um, hope you have enjoyed that. And please like, share, subscribe. It helps the channel. And um, anyway, we will see you next time. Blessings to all. Mwah! We love you. Yay. Yes. Man, Star Sound me. Astrology. Yeah. Andrea Michelle, thank you for being here. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And so there we are. Another edition of Star Sound Speaks. All right, all have a great one. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.